The scripture reading is from Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Let us listen to the word of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, and each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces, and with two... They covered their feet, and with two they flew, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed. And your sin is blotted out. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. This is the word of the Lord.
scripture reading comes to us from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 23. Let us listen to the word of God. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know a couple who tried to adopt a child for almost 10 years. Three times the adoption agency told them that a baby was on its way, and three times at the last minute, something fell through. It was a hard, arduous journey, but finally, about the time that Hannah was born, my friends finalized the adoption of their baby girl. Think about waiting that long. Think about the faith these prospective parents had during those 10 long years. After each setback, and while they kept waiting and waiting and waiting, this couple patiently relied on God to help them through these 10 years. In today's scripture reading, Paul's letter is to the church in Rome. Now, the ancient Romans had a different understanding of adoption than we do today. Luckily, the Apostle Paul knew the Roman culture intimately, and he knew his audience. In his writing, he knew how adoption could relate to Christianity. So in order for us to understand the context of who he was writing to, we need to learn more about adoption from the ancient world. One scholar says this, only free men could adopt, and the adoptee was often an adult rather than a child. Sometimes adoption was undertaken partially for the benefit of the adopter. For example, an older man whose natural children had already died might adopt a younger man as an heir. The adoptee would be responsible to care for the adopter in his old age. The adoptee in the Roman world took the adopter's name and rank and became his legal heir. 
A will was often prepared in conjunction with the official process. So when Paul says that we have received a spirit of adoption, the Romans understood that they'd be taking God's name, God's rank, and become God's legal heir. Now, Paul continues the analogy of adoption through receiving an inheritance. And in this case, the inheritance is a release from all sin, being free to live into the life that God gives us through Jesus Christ. Now, essentially, what Paul is trying to say is that we can make it through this life. We can live the way we always have, and that would be good. In fact, people over centuries have accomplished great things without God. Think about all the people who aren't Christians. They're not awful folks. Many of them are very good-hearted people. They're successful. They love their families. They contribute oftentimes to our community. Over many centuries, humans do some amazing things, many without ever claiming God's adoption through Jesus Christ. However, if we accept the adoption of God, like Paul encourages in his letter, we also receive an inheritance from God, freedom through Christ. And if we live this way, we'll live out the potential that God has always intended for us. We'll not only gain the inheritance of eternal glory, but we'll be able to live in a way that we can't even begin to imagine. When we're adopted by God, we suddenly become heirs and possessors of inheritance of freedom, which begins the moment we claim our adoption and not on our deathbeds. Now imagine what we could do with inheritance of God's grace. God turns ordinary humans good humans, to become extraordinary in fulfilling God's potential for our lives. Without God, we can do good. Without God, we can make a difference in this world. But think of the things we can accomplish with God, who gives us the rank, name, and inheritance of Jesus Christ. This is a pretty theological argument that Paul gives us even that I shared with you. I don't know if many of you have seen the classic movie, Chariots of Fire. Remember that movie? We meet Harold Abrahams, who is fast, and in the beginning of the movie, he's the first sprinter in centuries at Cambridge University to beat this record time. Abrahams' specialty is the 100-yard dash. He's never lost a race in his life. He's confident, fast, and arrogant. And one day, he lost a 100-yard dash to a Scottish runner, and he was absolutely crushed and didn't know how he could possibly train any harder or be any faster. But afterwards, he's approached by a coach who promises him he can get him another two yards, and in a 100-yard race, two yards would give him the win. Now, the coach knew that Abrahams was fast, but he also knew how to improve Abraham's speed as long as Abraham's was willing to be coached. He told Abraham's that he was overstriding, which is like a slap in the face to a sprinter. He had a very technical training to improve Abraham's stride, and with the help of his coach, Abraham's learns to run even faster 
making him the fastest runner in the world, which he proves when he gets his gold medal in the 1924 Olympics. Accepting God's adoption and receiving God's inheritance is like agreeing to work with a coach. If we're adopted by God and have God's freedom as our inheritance, it's like getting an extra two yards. Abraham's was fast. He could accomplish a lot of things, but he was made to be even faster. And it took the training of a coach to make him reach his full potential. And similarly, we're able to accomplish good things in this world, but with God as our coach, we're able to live out our full potential and do the very things we were created for. We receive God's extraordinary inheritance the moment we receive our adoption. In Howard Thurman's 1980 commencement address, civil rights leader and theologian encourages Spelman College graduates to listen to what he calls the sound of the genuine. This is what he says. There is in every person something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in herself. There is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. Nobody like you has ever been born. And no one like you will ever be born again. You are the only you. And if you cannot hear it, you will never find whatever it is for which you are searching. And if you hear it and then do not follow it, it was better that you had never been born. You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all of existence. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. I recently heard this in a class I took with psychologist Dr. Jessica Brown. It made me pause and reflect. If you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of the strings that somebody else pulls. Dr. Brown explained that the sound of the genuine is our sense of God in us, essentially the part that God claims in our adoption. When we're operating from the sound of the genuine, we are being good stewards of the inheritance God gives each one of us. That sound of the genuine is the deep sense of who God is calling each of us to be. That thing, that spirit guidance, it doesn't necessarily make decisions easier, but it makes them clearer. Right now, honestly reflect on how you're treating this inheritance, the special gift that God has given to you, filled with life and love, grace and peace. How am I treating myself, my family, my body, and others? It's an indication of the gift I know God has given me. And Dr. Brown poses these three questions. What parts of yourself are you honoring? What parts of yourself are you 
neglecting? What parts of yourself are screaming for attention? It's easy to push these questions aside, but they're important as we hit the 16th month in this pandemic. Just as Harold Abrams, we need to go deeper to get those extra two yards. So what parts of myself am I honoring? Go deep. What parts of myself am I neglecting? Go deeper. What parts of myself are screaming for attention? Listen to the sound of the genuine. When we did this exercise, someone said, my extrovert self is screaming for attention. Now we can run the race with or without God. If we let God lead us and listen to the sound of the genuine, we live out and into our full potential that God has for us. We'll love as God loves. We'll have faith as persistent as God's. We will extend grace as God has extended it to us. We'll forgive as God forgives. We'll get that extra two yards. You and I have been adopted by God. We don't need to spend our days on the ends of someone on the strings, someone else pulls. Instead, let us listen to the sound of genuine. Let us take God's name, God's rank, and become God's heir. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org slash donate and make your contribution there. 
or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute to your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at firstpresjax.org. 